What's happening, everybody? Brimo here with another episode of the Shutter and Slate podcast. And today I've got CJ Goodwin here with us. He was born on the 26th of August in 1981, and he is a film producer, director, writer, and actor of the American descent. He's known for the Roman drama Eyes of Roman and his horror films Jackson, Goodnight, LNB, and GH5. CJ believes in exploring different genres of film and looks forward to his next slate of films he has lined up in the future, which include his own spin on Sherlock Holmes, a Texas period piece, and a new horror trilogy. That sounds exciting. Welcome, CJ. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, so you've got some, you know, projects already lined up. You've got some that you've already done. Um, I most recently know of Eyes of a Roman. I have seen the posts. I've seen the clips and the trailers and all that fun stuff. How did that project kind of come about? Sure. So I was actually filming a uh, horror film that's a vampire genre um so it's going to kind of bring back uh i think vampires kind of get the uh they've been getting the cheesy you know nod for the last 20 years or so so like you know i'm gonna bring back some real vampire stuff and we had a really cool story and a good script and um we were filming at november and then i guess COVID hit you know that january or february and uh we had the uh a university lined up to be filming at and obviously that didn't happen once COVID hit everything got shut down and everybody went home so we uh we only filmed maybe like one or two weekends and so and I was I turned that into a short film which happened to be my first short film because I've only really have made features um but just help after you so they can get you know some footage and and use it for whatever they would like so during COVID um that's sort of when Eyes of Roman came up it's like, well, why don't we just film outdoors? We don't have to worry about the uh, the COVID effect as much. Go through the proper protocols that the uh, the filming community has and the uh, all that jazz. And my friend Derek Meyer, um, he's has sixteen hundred acres of land um, in the Comfort area, which is probably about forty minutes north of San Antonio. And so it kind of just fit. You know, I've always wanted to do a Roman film um, since I was a kid you know growing up watching like gladiator and you know uh, those type of movies and then obviously like the spartacus and then like the roman series from hbo and so i always had the fascination with it and for me it's just telling a story that really hasn't been told over and over and over again those spartacus is in our film it's not about spartacus about market and uh this adopted child um, that he picks up. And so basically what I did, I, I took a story that everybody knows, if you know about Roman history with Crassus and Spartacus and kind of what happened. Um, but we did a side story. And so we really um, focused more on Crassus and this adopted child's relationship while all this madness is happening in the background. And the film, it's really just, um, it takes place over a three day span in the movie. And um, it gets pretty chaotic, um, but it has a, a, a great story um, that we tell about making tough decisions, which people can relate to in just normal life. Um, it's much more than just an action film, although that's what the trailer shows most of. Um, but that's just marketing, right? You got to get people excited 
for your film. And if we showed a bunch of just dialogue scenes, I don't think people would get too excited about it. So, but anyways, that's kind of how it came about. And um, yeah, it was a two year journey, you know, writing, you know, we got in shape, you know, we didn't want to be out of shape barbarians and Romans out there. So people were working out and we did like three weekends of fight choreography. So everybody knew what we were doing once we got out there. So a lot of pre-planning, a lot of pre-production. Um, in fact, it was about six months of pre-production before we started filming. And we had over 200 people on the film wow. and uh, included cast and crew. And um, and it was all volunteers, you know, which is kind of unheard of. But, um, you know, obviously everybody would like to get paid, and including myself. Um, but on a film this size, since we live in the indie world of really know the low budget type movies, there's just no way I was going to be able to pull that off. And so it really just came down to having a great story and then telling something in Texas, like a Roman epic movie that doesn't really get done uh, really too often anywhere, including the state of Texas. And so I think that was just a big draw for a lot of people, you know, gave them an opportunity to be in a Roman film to help with their cred and their experience and who doesn't want to go out there and, uh, you know, be a barbarian or a Roman and, and do some sword fighting. So I think it's just a big mix of everything. You know, I got a lot of people that were like first time, second time on a film. So they got a lot of great experience and, and cred. Um, then I had people that have been doing filmmaking for 40 years, but they just wanted to be a part of the story. And so I think that's pretty special. And uh, what I do for all my films, I have a private group for the cast and crew only. And um, we still have 230 people in there and we still touch base and everyone still communicates. And it basically just became a big family uh, ordeal. And so it was, it was so much more than they can just the film. I think a lot of people see the end product. But as you know, uh, Brimo, it's uh, it's really about the journey. And uh, so that two year journey was pretty special. And um, it came to a close uh, this past November. We had the red carpet premiere and then the film will be coming out soon. It's got uh, submitted on Film Hub. And, uh, you know, Film Hub, they submit it to the the sites and they don't really tell you when it's going to get uh, launched. Unfortunately, it's one of the bad things, in my opinion, about Film Hub. Um, but so we're just kind of waiting in, 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 uh, in the winds for it to drop. But it'll be like on Amazon Prime. You'll be able to watch it like on a lot of different platforms and Tubi and all that stuff. So once it drops, which hopefully it's in the next couple of weeks, I'll definitely make that announcement for everyone can go watch it on their media platforms. Absolutely. That's awesome. And what a journey, two years for you to create, you know, a feature film. And obviously it can take any time. I shot Sacred Vision within a matter of months, <laughs> writing, casting, yeah. putting it all together. It was nuts. Um, so to have like two years, I'm sure you had a lot of preparation time, which definitely helped, um, especially those big fight, you know, choreograph scenes. What was that like, the fight choreography and having to put all of that together? Yeah, so I uh, I brought on um, Clarissa De Hoyos, and uh, she is an actor in San Antonio, and she she's actually really big in um, really anything martial arts as well, although Roman fighting is not really martial arts, but I connected with her, and I knew I was going to need help on fight choreography, um, so I reached out, and she was interested right off the bat. 
she knew she was going to have to do a lot of research and learn that type of fighting styles, um, which she did. And um, so her and I collaborated a lot, uh, figuring out what we wanted to do. Um, it was interesting because, you know, I don't have the budget to have like big CGI type shots, right? Everyone, oh, you can put in like thousands of people. I'm like, yeah, you got a million dollars, man. Cause you know, like, <laughs> you know, that'd be great. You know, if, if you don't have that type of money or someone that knows what they're doing, it would come out to look pretty cheesy. And I don't want that obviously. And um, so one of the challenges was like, well, look, we're going to have that fight with Spartacus and Crassus, right? The last battle. So how do we do this on a much smaller scale, even though we can still make it look big? And so obviously from the camera standpoint, it's going to be shot a lot of close shots. You're not going to have too many wides, right? We're going to keep it close and interactive. It's what TV does a lot in their battle sequences to kind of make a small thing look big. Um, and then since my character in the film, I actually acted in this one, even though I don't do that too often, was Atticus. And so Atticus was sort of the main person. He was the adopted child that grew up with Crassus. And so in the battles, like, look, we're going to follow Atticus's journey through this battle, right? He's the lead guy. Everyone else are just the backgrounds. And he was really the only important person in that battle scene. So knowing that, we knew we were going to be following me with the camera. And so we choreographed me around all the fights um, including obviously me fighting people as well. And so that was um, probably the most challenging part is figuring out really the staging and how we're going to get from point A all the way to point Z once this thing is over. Because mm -hmm. there is a lot of traveling throughout the fight sequence, um, which you can probably see a little bit in the trailer. Um, we don't just stand there, you know, wall to wall and fight. You know, that's what they did back then. What we do, which in the trailer you kind of see, they kind of get caught off guard where the barbarians make this crazy last stand and they just charge the Romans and they crash into the wall. And the Romans had a few young pups up front and they weren't ready for this. So they get scared and kind of break formation. Well, in doing that, it creates chaos. So now it's no longer the proper formation fighting that you see the Romans do. Now it's just yeah, a brawl and like everyone's fighting one-on-one -on -one. and so we did that on purpose um which will come across in the film some of the roman historians they might be like that's not how they fought and uh and, and they'd be right it's not but if a big swinging i don't know what those things are called ball like swings into a building and crushes it down well that's kind of what we did with our fight scene let's just crush down the roman's you know, format that they do on fighting. And then it can just be kind of more chaotic. So we did that. Um, we had auditions. We had people come out to do fighting. They obviously needed to be um, fit and uh, know how to fight and be willing to like fall on the ground. And, you know, uh, we always see through our punches and stuff, but sometimes you did connect on accident. And so it's just, being okay to get a few bumps and bruises basically. And so we did that and we wanted to find people that were intense. So like the barbarians need to be like what you saw in the Spartacus series, right? Like they're just crazy and yelling and screaming and we needed that. So we did that and we did it for three weekends and that's where we did all the fight choreography and we learned everything. And, um, and that was a lot of fun. 
you know, and it's very smart to do like anyone that does fight choreography. I mean, knowing what you're doing, obviously, before you get on set, the film is very important. And uh, so we definitely wanted to make sure we did that with the fighting. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. Like you said, if you don't go on set prepared, then you're going to have a mess <laughs> on your hands, basically, especially those that have never done fight choreography before. There's a lot to learn, like in the the movie that just came out, The Woman King, I think they said they did like eight hours of martial arts a day for I don't know how long <laughs> so that they could look as intense and as polished as they did in the movie. Um, it takes a lot of work to do that types of stuff. So the fact that you guys were able to do that in three weekends is pretty impressive for sure. Yeah, that was a good movie too. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it does. That's that's the hard part, I think. Um, Because you probably get this a lot too. Um, I get a lot of new indie filmmakers that will reach out which is fantastic and they'll ask me about certain things and it's like well how long did it take to do this and I was like I mean it took two years man what do you mean two years like what are you talking about and I was like well I mean what's your plan and they kind of give you the plan and I'm like what you just told me like your story and script um is probably going to take you two years if you do it right yeah you know I'm just being honest man like the editing side alone takes like six months when you're doing like a hour and 45 minute film which that's what eyes of roman is mm -hmm. you know especially with all these different you know we did like slow motion stuff and ramp ups like the 300 movie is and so when you add all these little technical technicalities in it it takes time you know unless you have a um a really big team that can kind of help you on the post side and um it takes time and i do right now i do all my editing you know, from my films. Um, so you definitely wear a lot of hats, which I'm sure you know this. I think most indie filmmakers do. You know, we write, we direct, we edit, we act. You know, we kind of do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And um, we also have our own lives. You know, mm -hmm. I think people forget about sometimes. It's like, uh, yeah, man, we're working on it. But, you know, I got a family. I got kids. We have other responsibilities. And so that's why I think it takes a little bit more time. You know, if um, if you and I were getting paid, you know, hundred thousand dollars a year to edit a movie, well, then, yeah, I'm sure I could knock that out in like you know a month or two, because yeah. um, that would be my focus, that would be my job. Um, but because I have all these other things on my on my plate, just life, yeah, it takes about six to nine months to edit an hour and fifty minute film. Yeah. So that's just me though. Maybe some people are faster, but. Yeah, I really take my time. I try to find the best shots on every single take. And there's a lot of fighting in this movie. And so, like, what to leave in, what to take out took time, you know. And um, and that can be tough, obviously, for some of the background, some of the extras. But they know this going in. You know, I tell them straight up, like, you may not even be in the film. You know, it really just depends. You know, we have hundreds of people out there on the battlefield um you might see yourself for like half a second or you might be in a shot for five or ten seconds and um, i try to get everybody in there but again you're trying to make the best film Absolutely. and um, so you, you let people know that ahead of time and um i'd say 90 percent of the time they understand but i feel like there's always a few that aren't um that don't understand the filming industry or the film side of things where they uh might get a little upset when they watch the movie and they're like, I was only in there for like half a second, but I was out there for three days. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. 
Sorry. They've probably <laughs> never done extra work before. <laughs> That's why. No, exactly. And I think, <laughs> um, you know, you learn somewhere. So I think some of them just learned on mine, you know? Exactly. Um, the good thing is like we have experienced people. So like, like Dan Cortez, he does a lot of filming and extra work around Texas, you know, working on uh, um, just everything like Walker and um, the chosen things like that. And so he was out there on my film. And so he would tell a lot of the newbies is because, you know, they get like, we're just sitting here for like eight hours. Like, what are we doing? And I was like, that's a background. That's what extras do. And CJ is going to call you guys and you have to be ready, you know, like that. And as soon as he calls you, you're going to be over there. You're going to do your scene. He's going to tell you to go sit back down. You might sit down for another few hours. And so it's nice having, you know, experienced actors that have done lead supporting and background so they can kind of help the new people understand what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Cause we have 200 people out there. Obviously you're directing the scene. Now I have first eighties and second eighties and all that stuff too. Um, but they're still handling other responsibilities. So, you know, having um, just that core of people, I have a, a pretty good core that I have with me on all my films um, that help with those little things. So that's yeah. awesome. What was budget like for you? Were you able to just kind of save up to film? Did you guys crowdfund for that one or how did that kind of come about? Yeah. So for, for eyes of a Roman, um, I had actually saved up money um, for years, like knowing I was going to be shooting this one. So sort of just like putting money aside and um, cause I had this in the back of my mind for like eight years. And so I just put money aside and um, you know, the budget, it was still a low budget. Um, I don't mind saying how much I spent on it. Um, I spent $30,000 on the film. And so it's probably a low budget, I guess, for an epic Roman type movie. Um, but it's a big budget for indie filmmakers that are used to know the low budget type films like myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think we're used to like, yeah, we can go shoot something for maybe a thousand or two thousand dollars, you know, and make something work. I just knew this one was going to need a lot, um, mainly on the wardrobe side. Um, and then I needed to um, raise my uh, my equipment up since we were going to be doing a lot of 300 type shots. So I needed to get a camera that could do that, you know, 240 frames per second. And so we can have really good slow-mo and it's just getting the proper equipment, but mainly the wardrobe. I mean, the wardrobe was probably the most expensive thing, you know, in the film. So. That's crazy. And now you're about to do it all over again with your Sherlock film here. Yeah. 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 I've been, uh, we've already released like, I think a little short film and we have some more teasers coming. Um, with this one, we are doing crowdfunding for, um, we're doing it on a Kickstarter and it comes out on this coming Tuesday and, um, and we'll see what happens. You know, we we're asking for a lot, you know, I think we're, we're asking for 50,000 and, um, yeah, I'm hoping we hit it. Um, I think it'd be a great win, not just for obviously my cast and crew, but just for the San Antonio area of making film. Yeah, you know, I think um, San Antonio kind of gets the bad rap sometimes, or we're like on the bottom of the totem totem pole, you know, when it comes to the artists and the films in Texas. 
And um, there's a lot of artists out there, and I'm one of them, that I would like to change that perspective for San Antonio and and be one of the people that represents and shows great films and, and just prove the people in Texas and, of course, the country that we can make great film in San Antonio and this area and we can crowdfund and we can make money, you know, just like the guys up in New York did for Terrifier and Terrifier 2. You know, they were doing crowdfunding also. And now look where they're at. You know, they made like over $10 million on their film at the theaters off of a $250,000 budget, um, basically through fan base and word of mouth and just um, working really hard. Those guys are nonstop. You know, Michael and um, Damien and um, I've, I've messaged with them a little bit through Messenger. You know, I, I helped them with their crowdfunding um, a year or two ago when they were crowdfunding for Terrifier 2. They reached out and asked if I would share it. And I did. And um, and that just goes to show you that those guys were just like us, you know, but um, they have they got a film that um, took off. You know, they had a great film with that genre. There's definitely a fan base for that type of movie. And uh, they made a great film for that type of genre, you know, and the rest is history, as they say. So now they're in pretty good shape and they're they're riding a really good roller coaster right now. And I'm happy for them. And um, but I just try to tell people, like, there's no reason why we can't do that here. Exactly. You know, I think I think a lot of people I, I've seen some stuff in some of our San Antonio groups, uh, unfortunately, where there's some that believe that there aren't San Antonio filmmakers. Like we don't help each other or we're not supportive of each other. And I see that sometimes I'm just like, what are you talking about, man? Like, I'm not sure who you're working with, but you know, I know you, you're an, an advocate and you you help people like you're doing right now with me and you have your own uh, Facebook page and you advertise and you help do a lot of good work for San Antonio. And I'm trying to do the same. You know, I'm supportive of UTSA the other night. I'm working with them, hopefully, to get them doing some uh, internship uh, on my films. Um, I'm going to be at the Film San Antonio Commission tomorrow. You know, it's really just kind of getting out there and trying to be as supportive as possible. Now, you can't go everywhere, obviously, because um, we're doing stuff. But I think there's a lot of support in San Antonio. You know, unfortunately, there's always going to be the the trolls that are out there that want to bring people down or whatever. But um, that's not me. And I think there's a lot of people out there like myself that and, and you that are very supportive and we are pushing really hard and we are working really hard. Um, I really believe that at some point, if four or five of our really good filmmakers in San Antonio just decided to come together and make one film together. And they could just share the director credit if that if that's what they want. Doesn't matter. But there's so much talent. I just I think about it like, man, if we all just came together just for like one film and we all agreed on one script, just with our talents that we have and our creative mind thinking and all that we can make a pretty awesome film, you know, and we have a lot of our own followers and a lot of our own family and friends. And I think we could be able to crowdfund for a film like that and get it somewhere around $200,000, just like the terrifier guys did. And, and the rest would be history. You know, I think sometimes we try to do things obviously on our own, we got our own projects, 
which is perfectly fine. You know, I want to do the same thing. I want to keep doing my films too. But I think there's room for that. And if that ever happens, um, I think it would bring a lot of good to San Antonio. And it would also help those filmmakers that decided to do that. And and I think it's closer than what we think. You know, I've I've talked with Rob Mayberry. I've talked with Christian uh, Strider, uh, Jay Pennington. And we're all kind of on the same, you know, mindset on that. And we've had some talks and we're close. You know, if you know Christian, he does a lot of great work mm -hmm. uh, on the business side of stuff. And he does some interesting short films as well. But we've had a lot of talks too. It gets, it's hard because everyone's busy. Sure. You know, but there's been moments where, you know, like we're doing the handshake and we're like, all right, we're going to do this. And we kind of just get lost because life happens or, you know, he picks up a gig that's a, a good paying gig and it kind of pushes things back and uh, which is understandable, you know, kind of talking about Christian now, but that is, that's his life. That's all he makes money is through business and corporate you know, videos. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now my life is making films through uh, features and narrative. That's all I do now. You know, I, I had a normal job obviously for a long time, um, but I did things the right way. So now all I am is just film. And so that's why I try to go out to a lot of different places. Um, I definitely am trying to work with the Hill Country and the Kerrville community a lot. You know, they have a really great theatrical theater community but not so much on film mm -hmm. so i'm getting a lot of that i went to shriner university which is in kerrville i went to tyvee high school which is in kerrville so i grew up there so i'm trying to bring film there as well and so it's really just connecting the hill country and san antonio i think but anyways um there's a lot of us um that do good <laughs> you know and for the naysayers out there i um I don't know what you're talking about because there's a lot of good out there and uh, you're always going to run into a few bad apples or trolls. And uh, it's pretty simple. You just don't deal with those people and you just walk the other way. That's, that's how you deal with that. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you too. And I, I agree with you. You attract what you put out. So if you put out a lot of negative energy and you don't help people, then you're going to get that in return. Why would someone help you if you don't help them? You know, like, so it's just kind of who you hang around with. And I agree, there are a few, you know, you try to help somebody that it just doesn't turn out well, but at least you tried, you know, not everybody in San Antonio is out to get everybody else. You know, I do feel like that there's a huge community of people that do want to help. People helped me with Sacred Vision, you know, some of my DPs didn't even get paid. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. You know, so I, I totally get it. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Yeah. I think that's the only way we can make it work. You know, it's a, uh, it's an interesting conversation um, that comes up sometimes. Everybody wants to get paid, right? Sure. Um, just like the writer and the director and the editor, we want to get paid too, but we're all, you know, we're the ones that um, normally are the ones paying the talent and the crew. And then, um, and then we don't really see any return. We're going to be honest. You know, I've made, you know, we'll see what happens with Eyes of Roman, you know, but my first two feature films, I didn't get any much return on that at all. You know, I mean, and so it's um, sort of a double-edged sword. You know, you want to pay people as well, but there's also an understanding it's, you know, we'd like to see something too. And so it's like, <laughs> you know, if no one has any money, then uh, 
what do you do? You just sit there and do nothing? Or do you go out and find people that are willing to work, you know, basically for free um, because they believe in this project and they think that will help their career and still give them, you know, IMBD stuff and experience, um, social media exposure, you know, that's, which is another interesting topic. Um, I'm not really big on social media. You know, I'd, I'd love not to even be on it. Um, but <laughs> this with the business side of being a filmmaker, like you have to be, um, I was talking to someone the other day, cause I'm very, I think a, a lot of filmmakers are, to be honest, I, I don't want to speak for everybody for, but for me and other filmmakers that I have met, we're pretty lacluse. You know, we're pretty shy and we like to kind of stay home and we're not really out there. Like, look at me, look at me. Um, at least that's how I am. But when I was talking to some of my new producers that have come on, they're like, look, you're going to have to start branding uh, not just the films, but yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if no one knows really who you are and knows, then they can't follow you and you're not going to be able to get an audience and no one's going to watch your movies, which obviously makes sense. And so I think for the last two years, that's been a lot of my um, uh, push also, not just making films, but trying to get out there more so people know who I am, you know, so they can start following my my stuff. And so if you're a, a young indie make filmmaker or an old filmmaker, it doesn't really matter. You know, if you want people to start following your your stuff, you're going to have to get on social media, I think, for it to work. So, and I think that's just the reality. That's why you'll see most of my stuff that I post is really all film related for the most part. Um, there might be a few family things in there every once in a while, but it's mainly, it's mainly film stuff, you know? So, no, I agree with you. Social media is so important because we have to get out there, especially when we're crowdfunding and we're getting the word out. You know, that's just kind of how it works. And that's how I was able to. I was messaging people on Facebook for Sacred Vision like, hey, donate to my campaign, please. And thank you. <laughs> yeah, works. exactly. Exactly. It's, uh, I think for the red carpet event I had in Kerrville, I want to say the total we had around 325 people um, that purchased tickets to come watch. And that was all through social media. You know, it's how else can we do it? Like I said, if you don't have a budget, it's not like we can put our trailer out on TV, you know, and yeah, let's run the trailer for three months. How much is that going to cost me? Oh, just 10 mil. Cool. You know what I mean? And so I think social media is really, we have no choice, you know, whether you like it or not. I think if you're a filmmaker, an actor, a writer, an editor, it doesn't matter if you're in that industry, you're going to have to get out there and, start branding yourself so yeah i agree with that 100 100 um we only have seven minutes left until i unless i upgrade with zoom unfortunately <laughs> uh, all good all good um did you want to talk any more about uh more of the sherlock movie real quick yeah that's fine um so Sherlock Holmes, Mare of the Night, and that's what it's called. It's an R-rated horror film that we're doing. And it's really like a horror drama, to be honest. There's going to be some some sad, dark moments in this movie as well. Um, anyone that watches my films, even my horror ones, uh, that's kind of what it kind of centers around. Um, it's like kind of like like James Wan. You know, James Wan, when he does The Conjuring, I tell people all the time, like, you know, The Conjuring films is really like a love story. 
They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, go watch it. You know, the Warrens is all about their love and their relationship. And then he just put horror around that love relationship. Well, I, I kind of do similar, you know, so I'm really about having this heart in the middle of this horror story, basically. And so Sherlock will be like that. And the R-rated part is because, you know, author Conan Doyle, the, um, the man who wrote the Sherlock Holmes books and created the character, um, when he wrote about Sherlock, Sherlock did drugs. Um, he did heavy on the alcohol. Um, There's a lot of dark moments in his books, but Hollywood created it more like a Disney character, right? He did They did it more for like families. Well, that's not really how he wrote. He actually wrote it pretty dark. You know, you're dealing with like serial killers and rapists and all these people murdering people and he's solving these cases in this really dark environment. So to me, it only makes sense that this would be rated R and we would show that world, you know, how he wrote it. And so that is the goal. And so I created an original script. Uh, obviously, we're using some of the characters that Doyle has created, um, but I also have created my own uh, villain in this film. And uh, which is going to be fun. You know, the, the villain in my film is female and um, it's going to be a, an interesting take um, how I have it, how she plays it. And I just think anyone that watches this film, if you're a horror fan, if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan or if you're both, if you're both, you're really going to love it. Um, if you're a Disney Sherlock Holmes fan, you probably won't. You know, it's going to be pretty dark. It's going to be kind of hard to watch in some of these moments. Um, but that's kind of what it is. You know, I can't really give too much away, but um, we're going to take Sherlock down the rabbit hole and um, show that dark side, which is fun because I keep talking to people about it. And I don't think there's been a version like this. Yeah, I don't know if they've done like a R-rated horror Sherlock Holmes type movie. And so this might be the first of its kind. Um which is pretty fun and interesting considering there's been so many takes on the character. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Where can they find the crowdfund? Cause that is about to launch on December 6th. So what website do they need to go to for that? Yeah. So it's on Kickstarter. Um, so you can go on the Kickstarter and just type in Sherlock Holmes, Mayor of the Night, and they'll come up. Um, if you're on social media, like Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok, Twitter, all those things. Uh, we'll have the link on those as well. And you can follow me on those to find the link. Um, you can follow Sherlock Holmes, Mary of the Night to find the link. Um, yeah, and that's where it'll be. Awesome. I am definitely excited for that one. It sounds awesome. I do love horror and dark aspects of true crime. So I think it'll it'll be fun um, to watch for sure. But thank you so much for jumping on here and for gracing us with your knowledge, CJ. Really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we hop off here? Um, I don't know. I think uh, just I appreciate you having me on and um, we definitely need to connect you know, in person and uh, whether it's you you know coming out and being part of this film that'd be fun um or just us sitting down and having you know some coffee and just talking about projects you know whatever i think that'd be great i just think for um you know all the indie filmmakers whether you're an actor director writer it doesn't really matter if you're in that field uh just keep pushing you know keep fighting keep grinding um i'm right there with you you know and um if you love what you do um, that's the main thing that's important. 
And I definitely love what I do. And I love giving people opportunities and I love seeing them grow. Um, you know, I've had actors and Isaac Roman first time acting and now they're overseas in Europe getting on these projects and they're getting paid and like they made it, you know what I mean? And so it's really fun to see others that you have worked with um, make it basically getting paid to do what they love. And um, I, right now I think that's my, my journey is to get to that level um, where I am making uh, some money back, obviously uh, a decent money on, on my films. And so I, I, that's the level I'm trying to get to. And I think that's the level where a lot of us are trying to get to. And, uh, but as long as we support each other, you know, and watch each other's content, you know, share it, like it, love it. Uh, the more that we all do that, the better. And I'm definitely trying to do that on my end as much as I possibly can um, without being addicted to social media. <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, I, uh, I really appreciate you uh, having me on, and I look forward to meeting you uh, in person soon. And um, for everyone out there, just keep on pushing. That's all we can do, and I look forward to watching y'all's, y'all's films when they come out. Awesome. Thanks so much again, CJ. And guys, don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye.